Welcome to day 30. So this is the 30th day since I've been making this video so it's a really good milestone and to kind of commemorate this milestone I want to do something interesting. So this video is completely Marathi Dashnara. Hey, definitely cook Navina Majasati current uh so like comfort zone as any comfort zone language as the mostly Majasati comfort zone language English I present Kartana Kaipan. But I think uh, even how Marathi video is an interesting challenge as well. So bugya kasata. Alright, let's start the day. So usually me Sunday la try karto ki je kahi basic goshti ja karacha asta jasa ki thoda cleaning karna room sa cleaning kiwa garage sa cleaning kiwa thoda kitchen madhe cleaning kiwa thode kapde dhona mi hatani kapde dhot nahi but kapde machine madhe garna asha ja basic goshti asta manje ya sagya goshti sakai jalyanantar purcha divas kind of free rahto alright let's do this mi room chi full vat lavli ahe sagli kade khup jasti pasara hai so सगळ्या So, today's lunch is simple. Uh, auntie bar, broccoli. I love broccoli. And it's stuffed, dried, mirchiyat. It's a fried karo. It's a nice thing. It's not a good thing. It's a good thing. But it's a good thing. 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 Let's do this. Weather is pleasant today. गरम पड़ नहीं है यानी सब ठंडा पड़ नहीं है, so just थोड़ा walk लगा गया खाली, ये light खूबत जस्ती perfect है video सेटी। एकदम अपन घरी बनाओ तो त्याग लिंबू पानी असर का है, just अपने थोड़ा काला मीट अस्त तो perfect चला है। so मैं बाहर पढ़ लेता हूँ तेरा थोड़ा grocery shopping करा जैसे कि तांदूर वगैरह completely simple है, so त now the dinner is simple, empty bath and some onion with that. I like to eat the onion with that. So that's it for day 30. I hope you liked the video. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Welcome to the Barve Cast, the flagship podcast of all things Barve. I'm your host, Maya Barve, and I'm super excited to welcome you to the Barve Cast wedding special. That video snippet that you just saw was made by my next guest, Arshad, who just happens to be a YouTube enthusiast. You can catch a lot more of his videos on his YouTube channel. In the meantime, let's get to meet Arshad in more detail. All right, so today we have Arshad. Arshad, hello, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing good, how about you? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for asking. Thank you for being here on a Sunday for you. Um, so why don't we just uh, kick things off with a quick introduction about you. So just tell our viewers who you are, what you do, and a little bit about you. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Arshit, and I was born in Mumbai. Uh, not sure if Navi Mumbai or Mumbai, because my, my mother, before she got uh, married, she used to stay in Navi Mumbai, so it could have been Navi Mumbai. <laughs> as well uh, and i grew up 
little bit in andheri uh, initially where uh, we lived in a joint family and then in villeparle and then after that i've just be, i've just grown up in villeparle gone to junior college in villeparle i did my engineering uh, in it uh, from uh, it's college called thadumal shahani in bandra and after uh, i completed my engineering uh, so i got a job in japan and i moved to tokyo after that and yeah and actually so how i ended up being in this podcast is that uh, i will soon get married to ankita uh, and that is how i'm included in the extended <laughs> barve family in some sense yeah thank you for that thank you for that really good overview and you mentioned a lot of different things there and we'll pull on all of those threads one by one right so yeah so in terms of setting the relationship you know you are the fiance of ankita zog ankita is you know the daughter of alpana alpana is the daughter of the late vishwas barve vishwas barve or jayukaka as we know him is my dad's twin brother right so that makes me and alpana as first cousins me and ankita as you know second cousins once removed i honestly don't know how what that makes you and i but you know you can just call me mama i think i'm i think i'm fine with that so yeah. thank you for the introduction i did not realize you were a parla person as well uh, i know you said you were born in navi mumbai so how old were you when you moved to parla so uh, even though i may have been born in navi mumbai i spent a lot of my childhood in andheri uh, actually uh, mm. and that is where we lived uh, in a joint family and then about when i was just transitioning to senior kg which is what with that age is 6 6 years maybe 6 or 7 and that is when uh, we moved to villeparle is there a particular reason why you moved to villeparle yes there is actually so my mother growing up so her school was really close to uh, her house and then she really wanted that same experience for us as well that we could just walk to school so even where uh, even when we stayed in andheri we still went to uh, a vpms or mbh the school in villeparle then we had to take the bus then it had to it was really uh, difficult because the bus left really early in the morning and then sometimes we missed the bus <laughs> so to just uh, avoid all of that and for us uh, for me and my brother for us to be easy going to school uh, she kind of planned this move to villeparle i see so mbh means madhura bhagwat right so i didn't realize you're madhura bhagwat okay um and who all in your family are you the only child or do you have siblings in your family yes uh, so i have uh, one uh, elder brother uh, and so he is now married so i have a sister in law and they have a kid uh, so that and then and then my mom and dad so that makes us the family which part of uh, villeparle did you uh, did you live in yes yes it was uh, paran space team b so it was nearer okay. to santanabai road near the uh, hanuman mandir near the highway okay so the last lane actually road number 3 which is the closest to the highway okay and i guess your parents still live there in the paran space so they still are still live in parle So yes they still live in Parle but we moved another house so now we are in Tejpal scheme uh 
and that is where they live now <laughs> okay so always parlayites right just moving from one street to the other we're always staying in parlayites okay um sure. and yes. do your uh, brother does your brother and his wife and the kid do they also live in parla or are they somewhere else they are actually in canada uh, in toronto oh, okay. so which uh, which college did you go to before your uh, engineering college yes i went to sathe college which earlier maybe was parla college but in in when i went it was called sathe college <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so obviously mbh and sathe so both you know very local very parla so Talk to me about how your um, schooling and that early college life was. Did you have a lot of friends? Did you have a small group of friends? Describe how your life was like uh, growing up in that school and uh, Sathe College. Of course, living in uh, Villeparle, the community is uh, always quite tight knit in some sense. And growing up, there were I was lucky to have a lot of kids. Maybe not always of my age, but still hanging out together, uh, like a. even from so between me and my brother we have 6 years of uh, age difference so we used to play a lot of cricket uh, and then i used to be playing with all of the kids who are elder than me and so it was a lot of fun and they always included me in their group <laughs> i think i have to credit my brother a lot for a lot of things because a lot of things that he did i ended up doing as well in terms of a school group uh, i did have quite uh, close friends even from school but we never really hung out after school because everybody kind of lived uh, in different place, places and after school everybody just went home and then it was more about the kids in the locality uh, especially playing cricket in the evenings and just till late night but junior college unfortunately I did not really enjoy junior college much because i was in that uh, grind of studying the for the entrance exams so the way it really worked for almost two years is in the morning we used to have uh, a lot of so coaching classes which did uh, which did the preparation for these exams and then in the afternoon we had the actual going to the college but that did not really mean much we just went there we sat for a bit we attended a few practicals and just came home yeah those two years like uh, 11th standard and 12th standard were just a lot of studying for the entrance exams but did you have any in your of your age who from your building who you hung out with and when you were growing up yes uh, so the way it worked is that uh, everybody in uh, paran space scheme road number 3 that entire lane <laughs> so there were kids from all different buildings who used to play in the evening and there was there were a couple of kids uh, a few buildings uh, down the lane who who had the first playstation uh, of the group uh, the sony playstation they had it uh, with them and yeah i spent literally i used to come back from school go directly to their house <laughs> and just hang out there for a really long time what sort of games did you end up playing on the playstation oh man uh, <laughs> so we yeah it was uh, a lot of uh, car racing games uh, we for some reason we played a lot of wwe uh, uh it was very popular to as a multiplayer game <laughs> on ps yeah we played a lot of wwe so do you still play today i mean yeah i, I am still uh, a light gamer i mean i do have a ps4 and i do play games uh, on it uh, sometimes online but 
I'm not a hardcore gamer as some of my other friends yeah. are actually who are really on to what is new in gaming and all of that. Describe or tell, talk to us how your engineering life was. Four years of engineering, like was that a lot of studying? Was it a lot of partying or was it a lot of bit of both? It was, uh, I'd, I'd say it was an okay experience. So unfortunately, again, I found myself in a peculiar situation. So the, I was in this college called TSEC and uh, I was in the IT department. In the first year, they put everybody together. They just mixed all the kids across various domains. So I really made friends across different fields at that time. So it was not something as if I knew only people who were in IT. I knew a lot of people in a lot of different branches. So that was uh, really nice. But then second year onwards, when I was with the IT group, so first year they did this mixing and then from second year they segregated uh, as per the uh, domain. And we had this rule of like 75% attendance. So everybody really had to be in class and attend lectures. Even though there was not a lot of learning going on at all times, but everybody just had to be present. So there was very little downtime to be out of class to do other fun things at least uh, in that time. So with uh, like with college friends, I was not really able to really party a lot because everybody was just by the end of the day, just tired and just wanted to go home. But with uh, by the time, uh, I had luckily still kept in touch with all of my school friends who were especially from Parla and all of them were also pursuing engineering in different colleges. Yeah, during that time, we like we really had a really good time uh, when we were back home after college. Yeah, we, there was this phase where we played a lot of carom. So every evening we just gathered at a house, we set up the carom, we had the whole light set up in the center. And yeah, we were really carom geeks for a good six year, six months to one year. Overall, how was your experience? Would you, would you say you enjoyed your experience in college? Was it a good experience or overall, how would you describe your experience in college? Yeah, I think, I mean, in hindsight, it is, uh, it has, it was good. I made uh, a few really good friends and, and I think that that was really crucial, especially at that time, because in engineering, that is when you either push a little harder and get something bigger, or then you can maybe slack a little bit and then settle for something that you just have to settle for. So luckily I made a few set of friends who were, really trying to push a little bit. And that really helped me, at least I believe even with this move to Tokyo, I couldn't have imagined making this move. I had, this was not planned at all. This was nowhere in my mind that I want to make, I want to move abroad, do this job here. But then just having that set of friends who were pushing the boundary a little bit, that was very nice. Um, were you able to get a job straight away? Were you did you get campus placed, or what was your job hunt like after after you graduated? I mean, in the last year, I think that is when the placements happen. So yeah, I was having a really not good placement drive really because there were a lot of companies coming and they were having all of these rounds, but I was not really able to crack any of the bigger companies that everybody was targeting for. So. I was really disappointed in that sense because I had all the knowledge I could make it work, but then cracking interviews and group discussions, it's a whole another skill, which I probably did not master at that time. And that probably does not really have to do anything 
with your knowledge of computer engineering, but just the knowledge of cracking interviews and how, how that works. So yeah, I was having a really not great placement uh, round, but then uh, I, I got placed in three companies, but all of them were uh, what we call in India uh, mass recruiters, which uh, are these technology consultancy companies who hire a lot of students. And that is not something what I wanted to do. I, it's not, not saying that that is not good or someone should not do that. But just for me, uh, that is not something that I wanted to do. So I just wanted uh, like a solution to this entire situation. And that is when uh, we heard of uh, this company from Japan who will be hiring uh, students and they had a really big package that, would, that they would like to offer to these students. And yeah, initially I applied not really expecting much because uh, with having a not good placement drive and then targeting a company which is international, they're they are offering this big package. It was just not uh, in my world in some sense. But I applied uh, just to see how it goes. Yeah, there were at least five different rounds of interviews, uh, technical, non-technical, uh, then some coding rounds, an interview. So... So there were four rounds which happened in Mumbai and in the fifth round, which so they actually had their group management fly to Delhi and then they flew all of us to Delhi to attend that interview. And so then we had like final interview with the CTOs and the group management. And the, the weird thing about this entire thing was I actually did not prepare at all for this interview as much <laughs> as I prepared for all of the other interviews, which I could not crack. I just went and I just I was just myself through all of the interviews. This is what I know. This is what my thinking is. And this is what I can do. I just presented it as facts, being really honest on every level. And yeah, I they selected me and then I moved to Tokyo. At that time, you know, I, I guess, you know, two questions for you, right? One is, how did your parents take it when you told them that, uh, you know, hey, I'm leaving the country and I've got a job in a different country. So I'm I'm just curious to hear what that conversation was. And secondly, to be quite honest, you know, when you think of going abroad for working, especially when you're in IT, Japan or Tokyo is not the first country that comes to mind, right? So they're both a little exceptional cases. So I'm wondering how, A, how that conversation with your parents went and what in your mind you were thinking about when, when being told that, hey, you've been offering a job in an a not familiar place like Tokyo, right? So what went through your mind at that time? Yeah, yeah that, that is a really good question. So luckily, uh, actually in many cases like these, so my brother, uh, so he had, by the time I was engine engineering, he had already pursued his master's in the US. So he, he did higher education in the US, did uh, work in the US for a few years. He was actually, so he, uh, I mean, just to give you some reference, so he, he studied in Arlington, Texas, and then he worked uh, in Austin for about four years, if I'm not wrong. And uh, luckily, I've I've had this fortune of him trailing a path uh, that I've had to take, uh, maybe in a different context, but it's a similar path, and it's it's been really easy for me to take that path. The the there have been fewer uh, unknown variables with him already doing something like going international, being by himself, how that experience is like working in a foreign country. Although 
yeah, Japan and US are quite different, but he had just laid that, uh, just his experience was really useful uh, in that context. And for my parents, yeah, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure every parent when, when their probably kid moves away from them are not the most ecstatic, but they're ecstatic for <laughs> the kid's future. They want them to be happy. But yeah, I, I, I know that they are happy for us, uh, like doing something for ourselves, but yeah, I'm sure they feel a little bit that, okay, we are not at home with them at all times. Have they had a chance to visit you in Japan yet? Uh, yes, in Mumbai. Uh, so we have two cats at home. So unfortunately, my mom and dad cannot travel at the same time because we have cats at home. So my mom has visited uh, Tokyo uh, this uh, past year. And yeah, she has visited once. Talk to me about how life in Tokyo is, right? You're a young software engineer, you know, um, I would imagine you're kind of literally like a fish out of water because, you know, the culture is different, the language is different. So talk to me about how your experience in Tokyo has been so far there for you. I work in a company called Fast Retailing. So their business is actually technically not core IT. Uh, IT is a tool which they use to of course, so they have this e-commerce website, which they want to support. So that is the tool that they build internally. And luckily, uh, so the company is quite big uh, in terms of it is uh, one of the bigger companies here in Japan. But the IT function was still relatively new. Uh, it was only started maybe four or five years before I joined. And hence, the, the, the IT unit functioned really like a startup because the team was small uh, and there were a lot of things that needed to be done. There was a lot of scope to take initiative. There was no pressure of funding in some sense because the company was ready to put in the resources to build this IT function as much as needed. So it was quite exciting uh, actually to work in this team that there were always new things to do. There were, if you wanted to do something of your own, bring up a new idea, they were really open to it. As long as you can present it and it gets approved by the management, you can do it. So it was really exciting to work in the IT department in that time. Specifically being in Japan, interacting with your colleagues in at, at work, and then more importantly, interacting with regular folks in Tokyo, right? How much of a language barrier are you finding and what are you now doing to sort of get around that? Yeah, it, it is uh, a big thing because, uh, Although all Japanese learn English as a part of their curriculum in school, but they it's not really used a lot. So they lose touch of the English, even though they learn it as a curriculum. So English is not a really popular language here in Japan. Yes. Japanese is everywhere. But luckily, in the IT department, there were a lot of non-Japanese members in that team as well and, and a lot of people who did not speak Japanese so the the core language of communication in IT was decided that it has to be English and everybody who works in IT has to be able to use English as their form of communication so that was very nice but so there is that layer when IT starts communicating with the business side to understand what it is that we need to build of course what is being built all that discussion happens in English but then discussion about what is to be built, that part is all Japanese. The business side of the company, all the communication is in Japanese uh, in that uh, sense. Luckily, uh, the, the company uh, had really thought this through in the sense that 
they they knew that we would need japanese language training just from the beginning so when we got hired uh, so we had this two month training program in delhi which was a japanese language and culture training and yeah we were really lucky so we stayed for two months in the westin <laughs> in in <laughs> delhi and it was it was like a five star hotel and it's just as kids going to class every day and learning japanese and japanese culture and just staying in this five star hotel and that that was the thing that was the job for two months just to learn japanese language and culture and yeah i really enjoyed that time i gained like 8 kgs of weight because i was eating so much food <laughs> uh yeah that that was interesting but once we did make that move from uh uh delhi to tokyo then we continued to have classes for about still a year year and a half maybe weekly we had 4 hours or 8 hours of japanese learning that we continued and then we appeared for these japanese language proficiency tests uh, it's something like a toefl but for uh, japanese and they have these levels so this eligibility and what is it n5 and 4 and 3 and 2 and n1 and then so n1 being the highest level there is so i completed up to n2 which is what is required as like a business proficiency japanese and that is usually sufficient uh, to communicate at work and even in daily life and one is like you are now studying japanese literature and now you need to learn japanese from that perspective so yeah i did continue to study japanese for quite some time so your n2 so that means your proficient in japanese so do you find yourself are you very comfortable talking in japanese when you go out regular not out, but not in work but outside work when you're taking a walk and you go to shops and stuff are you very comfortable conversing in japanese yes uh, i am at this point initially it was really strange because uh, like you're just used to being around things that you can read all the time for example if you take a walk uh, in ville parle and you read a signboard it is in english or maybe in marathi and you can read it but initially when i moved to japan everything is in japanese and i literally cannot read anything that, that was my state at that point and that was really strange because you're not just in a foreign country you're in a foreign country where you are not able to understand what's going on in some sense and that was really tough in the beginning and then just as uh, a necessity for that we just had to brush up our japanese and come up uh, come up to speed and i'm just so learning language in my understanding is really core to understanding culture so with learning japanese i've really been able to understand the subtle nuances that there are in the japanese culture which if you try to study culture directly maybe you may not get these subtle nuances but then that really helps in daily life about then what does this really mean and what should i do in this situation something like that but yeah i'm i'm able to function uh, in the daily life yeah as normal so overall what has been the most surprising thing about japan for you right either positive or negative you know obviously every time you go to a place where you never been before you have some sort of expectations knowingly or unknowingly right and you, some of them are met some of them are not met so what has been the most surprising thing that you have learned about japan so far they have really been able to maintain uh this kind of balance between history and new 
This place I really like to visit uh, in Japan is called Kyoto, which is a really popular uh, tourist destination. But what is really is good about it is they've just maintained this history and uh, heritage so well. Is something I really appreciate. Um, so it looks like overall you happy with Japan. You you've been embracing the culture. You like working there. So do you see yourself living there a foreseeable future? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm delving with this question right now, or almost trying to uh, come to a conclusion about this. But I think uh, I, I really like uh, Japan. Uh, but I, for some reason, I don't see as this being the place which where I would settle down and, and live uh, forever. Uh, but at least for a little more time, I, I see myself being here uh, for maybe a year. Or at least a year and a half. Because what I'm trying to currently figure out is, so I still like working in this company that I work at, and they have operations globally. So I'm just trying to figure out what is the work that I want to do and where I can fit maybe in other another location, and if that works. Strangely, I, I still have uh, this calling for India, and I, I feel if I have to settle down uh, and like be somewhere forever, then it might actually be India. So currently I'm in the middle of navigating this move while I still enjoy and I know I will miss many of these things that I've come to love about Japan, but it, it's still not, uh, I mean, there is a home, but it's still not home, uh, if I can put it that way. No, very well put. But I think I think that is a journey which everyone has to go by themselves, right? You can get inputs from others, but that is a journey that you'll have to go yourself, and and it's going to be a very interesting journey. I can I can tell you from personal experience, trying to find what that final destination is. It's it's a very interesting journey. So good luck to you. Hope you you know find yeah. what you're what you're looking for. I want to take a couple of minutes to talk about Ankita now. Okay, so yeah. don't want to make it like a too you know too many questions. So in, what I do is I'll just give you the floor. Um, take two, three, five minutes and. Basically, what I want you to do is to describe your relationship journey with Ankita. Okay, yes, this, this might be a bit long, but yes, let me let me speak about this. So, the, my earliest memory uh, of Ankita is actually from senior KG. Uh, in we went to the same school, uh, which is what is it called? VPMS, uh, which is the same which is the same primary school as MBH. Uh, in Villeparle. And yeah, my earliest memory, and it is a very vivid memory in both of our minds. And we both remember this memory of each other that we were, uh, so if I can give more context, so me, another friend and Ankita, and then one more girlfriend with her. It is a memory of these four people and just of us talking. And that has stayed with us uh, for quite some time. But then after that, uh, growing up, maybe in Pre, maybe in primary school, we don't really have uh, like clear memories of each other. Although we continued to be in the same school, but we were mm. not really friends uh, at that time. I had, uh, I mean, I was friends with other guys, uh, and then Ankita had the, her own group of girls, who she was friends with. But then, uh, as uh, we moved into secondary school, which is from fifth standard, uh, we were often in the same class. Uh, the uh, at, at at times so fifth 
maybe just maybe one of those years we were not in the same class but we were often in the same class so maybe at that time even anushrita was still uh, in school and then ankita was i mean anushrita was very popular in school at least in my <laughs> remembrance of school and then ankita also also of course by herself and then anushrita being also popular in school was part of that popular gang in some sense and then she was very early on in the school council and she was the she was uh, all into that so all, all of that was already quite impressive to me and uh, i also joined uh, so i became the captain for my house uh, in the school council and then i was also into that cool at least in my <laughs> in my head i was a part of that group of kids who are doing something different as we moved further up till 10th standard so in 10th standard the 10th standard kids there is one head boy and head girl who is elected in the school and i mean as it happened to be so ankita was elected as the head girl and then i was the head boy uh, at that time i mean that that was that was very nice so that's my memory of uh, ankita in school in some sense so ankita pursued arts and i pursued science so we were uh, a little bit in the different streams and a little bit doing uh, our own thing we continued to be in touch uh, even in that time but we were still not dating uh, then if we move further which is engineering first year that is when uh, i mean yeah i mean this is who proposes whom <laughs> is is a little bit contentious but i mean at least i, I believe so i propose but the thing is something that i did not mention before i mean at that time perhaps i did not really know what liking really means i was mm-hmm. in 6th or 7th standard when that was the first time i actually told ankita that i like her and but i did not really know what that means it was just something we were we used to talk and we were close so i just mentioned it to her and at that time she was not sure that 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 is what she wanted so that is how it went but we continued to stay friends in that time from the 6th or 7th standard up till i ended up asking her out quite a few times so multiple times so i continued to just be friends with her we were really fr- close friends and we ended up being each other's best friends at times and we used to speak with each other quite about all the different things that were going on around us and that is how life just was so yeah i did ask her out multiple times but then she was still trying to figure it out uh, in her own time about what is it that she really wants and then uh, in the end when we i was in the first year of engineering that is when was the first time she was convinced even in her own mind that this is what she wants and that is when we got together after i don't know we were we were friends for more than 10 years we have this memory of each other from senior kg and then us actually getting together and the thing about that was i just could not believe it i, I was this kid who had continued to like a girl for a really long time and now she is and now that we are dating that that fact was just something my mind could not comprehend in some sense so for one month i just continued to ask her are you sure yet nakki 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 this is what you want <laughs> Yeah that was I mean it's interesting but that is how it went I just wanted her to be sure that this is a, this is what she wants through uh, engineering college we 
So her pursuing her graduate degree and me pursuing engineering, we continued to be together. And yes, that was a big point because I got a job uh, at the end of my college to move uh, to Tokyo. So that was a big thing because we would have to be apart for quite some time. But it was not really, po- there was no discussion about about what this means. Now you will be away. It was just something, okay, this is our reality and let's just work through it. We were, I was really happy with uh, how we tackled that particular situation because it was really challenging, not just uh, being in one place, but then having to deal with the time difference, making sure that we were able to communicate at the right time. But I was really happy with how we have actually tackled this entire situation. Uh, After moving to Tokyo, maybe after three or four years, actually, we came to a point where we did not really want to do this long distance thing anymore. We're just trying to think of uh, like, what is the solution? And even I think with our parents, they there were conversation about, okay, maybe you you guys should get engaged and and, uh, all of that. And with our parents, it was uh, very easy, uh, at least. At least I believe, and I also know from from Ankita is so when uh, even when we started dating, we had already been speaking to them. I mean, on each our each sides that okay, there is this person who I like, and then Ankita probably was speaking uh, at her house about this person who uh, exists. And for me, it was going on for quite some time. So my mother was happy. Okay, you're finally <laughs> dating that person you wanted to date. So she was quite happy with that. When we came to the decision of uh, enga- getting engaged or getting married, it was there was a little bit uh, of turbulence, just in sense to to get the timing right, because mm-hmm. there is that moment when you feel you are ready uh, to to kind of get married. And yeah, at least for me, I wanted to make sure that we are both there at the right, we are on the same page at the same time, so that there is no front and back on that one. So once we were sure about that. Yeah, then we just went ahead and got engaged in a small uh, ceremony. And then it happened to be, okay, now you guys have got engaged. Maybe you also get married. <laughs> and then that is how <laughs> the preparations for the marriage started. For me, as you can imagine, so I, this girl who I'd been thinking about for so many years and I'm getting married to this, my best friend. So yeah, I, I'm very excited. And I'm really excited for all the wedding festivities and getting to know her family better. Uh, and actually, this is actually going to be my introduction to at least one part of our family. So that is interesting because they'll just not just get to know me, they'll get to know me quite a lot of detail. So that is quite nice. Yeah. So thank you very much for that really detailed overview, right? Uh, but I just want to roll roll it back a little bit. And I, there's something that you said caught my eye. And you said, you know, about in terms of who asked whom, you said it was contentious although it's obvious that you were the one who was doing most of the asking right you asked her when you were in the sixth standard and you continue to ask her and then you continue to ask her are you sure why then is it contentious that who asked whom does she think she asked you or what happened there that the whole contentious nature comes into play i mean so the way it goes is that uh, at that point uh, when we went, I mean, just before we actually started uh, being together. So she knew that uh, I liked her. And that is something that was uh, sure in her mind that this person likes me wholeheartedly. She uh, had not 
correspondingly conveyed the same feeling so the last initiation in some sense was from her when she <laughs> did finally say that she likes me back and in that way it became contentious okay but i had been doing the asking for a really long time so does it really come <laughs> that you did it in the end okay so let's switch topics a little bit now uh, just to get to know you arshit as a person a little better so i'm going to ask you a series of either or questions right so there's no right or wrong answer um whatever just to get to you know your personality right okay so yeah. first question i i ask this for everyone this is more that i want to know more than anything but i'm just curious right um which is your current phone do you use an iphone or do you use an android yes i currently use an iphone okay what model of iphone do you use uh it is the iphone 12 if i'm not wrong yeah 12. iphone 12 12 okay so it 12 is not the current so do you wait for the phone to die before you upgrade what are the when do you decide that it's time to upgrade your phone yeah i think i'm one of those people who i mean i, I like technology but i don't always have to be on the latest technology uh, as long as my phone is functional and it continues to serve so uh, i mean already all, uh, a lot of functions so i'm happy with the uh, with the phone till it cannot function anymore um do you like music at all yes, do you enjoy music uh, yes i do like music okay so then what's your favorite genre do you prefer bollywood music or do you prefer english music ah hmm interesting uh in, i i listen to a bit of uh, everything uh, I, i do not have uh, a favorite genre uh, in that sense but yeah w- one one genre that i really like is something we can describe as country maybe mm-hmm. uh, just john denver uh, country roads it's it's just really calming in some sense i, I really enjoy that kind of music that's very interesting okay uh, and i know you had sent me your favorite song right which is sway by My- michael bublé it's not really um country song but and it's not really a recent song it happened like year, 10 12 years ago right if you were to pick up your phone go to the music app and you hit play what song would start playing on your phone right now it it's a song called in the club by 50 cent <laughs> okay <laughs> it's it's really rap rap kind yeah, of yeah it doesn't fit any But of yeah. the genres you talked about so okay <laughs> okay um next question would you rather have your vacation at the beach or would you rather do it in the mountains uh yes i would rather do it in the mountains yeah i think the beach and the mountain i think comes from so growing up in mumbai we've always had access to the beach so the mountains have always uh, been more attractive in that sense and strangely uh, i mean at least i do not really have a favorite destination if i were to put it that way but uh, so with with family uh, i've been lucky enough to travel a lot in india so we used to have annual holiday going uh, mm. north we we traveled a lot in all of those places i really have fond memories of for example nainital but that memory if i try to relive today uh, going there today it i'm not sure it would be as pleasant that is my only concern about picking a favorite holiday destination in that sense as of now uh, with me being in japan i think the place that i've enjoyed going the most is kyoto uh, it's uh, kyoto was the capital of japan before tokyo so 
when Japan was still under the imperial regime, Kyoto was the capital and they have, I mean, leaving the history aside, they have just preserved uh, that city quite nicely. And Japan overall uh, being a safe country to be in, there is this area in Kyoto called Gion, uh, which is where the geishas, uh, which is, uh, uh, I mean, if I were to put it, like the entertainers, they, they live. In the mornings, it is usually just hustling and bustling with tourists trying to capture. So the, the way it is, it's like a cobbled street with old Japanese houses. But at night, there is no one. But there is this yellow lighting in the street and the streets are cobbled. So I, I mean, it's I'm not sure if everybody would enjoy it, but it's like there's literally no one on the street. But I really like to just walk there. It's just, uh, perhaps I cannot describe it. It's just relaxing uh, in a different sense. Just nobody being around, being able to walk through that street at night is quite an experience. Um, yeah, let's go to the next question. Um, beer or wine or hard liquor? What's your poison of choice? Uh, I used to enjoy beer before, but at this time, I just don't drink at all. I've just made this transition to not drinking uh, just by choice and but yeah i did enjoy the taste of beer quite a lot um okay let's go on to the next question so this is rather a um i wanted to say it's like a hot cake question but then i realized you may already have done this so let me ask you this have you either done a bungee jumping or skydiving no yeah that's no. a thing okay. probably uh, people should know about me i'm not good with these adventure activities i, I don't You're like not good that rush of adrenaline I even roller coasters. I I don't quite enjoy the crazy roller coasters. It's probably just not for me. I like just being on the ground. <laughs> Given that you don't like it, I'm going to force and ask you to pick one anyway. So, <laughs> would you now that I know you don't like adventure sports? Given a choice, if you know someone put a gun to your head and say you have to either do bungee jumping or skydiving, which one would you pick? In that case, I think I would pick skydiving. I think that 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 sounds. Okay. I mean, at least there is another person strapped to me. Maybe maybe that will help. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So let's go away from adventure uh, sports into something a little bit more relaxing. So, do you usually prefer reading a book, or would you rather go to a movie theater to watch a movie? Yes, uh, I prefer uh, watching or consuming content digitally more uh, than reading books. But just recently, actually, growing up, I actually, even my mom and my brother, they were really about reading books all the time. They, just, they really liked reading the novels, uh, fiction. They enjoyed a lot of that. But I really just could not catch up to that, not for some reason. But okay. recently, uh, I've just found myself gravitating towards nonfiction books a lot. And just trying to pick up a book, uh, read maybe a few pages a day. But uh, yeah, I'm not as committed a reader as how some other people might be. So yeah, more more digital uh, content. What's the most interesting movie you've seen recently? Ah, okay, uh, maybe it's a bit, again, strange, with especially me being in Japan. But I really enjoyed uh, Oppenheimer, uh, how that experience <laughs> was. Yeah. Uh, so interestingly, Oppenheimer did not release in Japan. I mean, maybe not interestingly, as obviously. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. I was in India, and so I went to that movie with Ankita, and it was amazing. Just that experience. Okay. 
Um, so here's another Hutke question, right? So would you rather have a one-minute conversation with your past self or would you rather have a one-minute conversation with your future self? Mm, good one. Yeah, definitely uh, past self. What message would you want to give your past self? Uh, growing up, uh, I, I was, I mean, just uh, a kid who did not speak too much or had this uh, just sense of lacking some confidence. And I'm not quite sure where, where that came from. But eventually, uh, especially uh, after college, after making this move and living by myself, I've really been able to outgrow that uh, a lot, putting myself in situations where I just have to be outside my comfort zone is uh, what I've learned to do and just grow out of that personality that I was before. So this does not define you. This lack of underconfidence is not what you are. It's it's just something that you have to grow out of in, in some sense. Uh, just one more question, but I think you sort of answered that. It was school friends or college friends, right? So who do you, and even today now, when you think back and if you're still in touch with people, are you in touch more with school friends or college friends? So I would say I'm equally in touch with uh both school friends and college friends, but there's just a lot more school friends that I'm in touch with. With college friends, it's, it's like five people who have made it to that inner circle. So that's okay. how it is. So school friends more than college friends because you have, have the longer, right? And Ankita is yeah. one of your school friends. So there's, <laughs> there's an answer there. Okay. Um, so now let's switch topics again a little bit. Let's now talk about food. Okay. okay. So... Do you consider yourself a foodie? Yes, I'm a big foodie. You're a big foodie. Um, are you vegetarian by any chance? Or do you eat everything? Uh, yes. Again, uh, recently I'm vegetarian. I'm just trying this out to see how this uh, goes. But I I, I think I, I do enjoy uh, chicken. Uh, I, I used to ch eat chicken for quite some time. But just recently I'm vegetarian. Must, must be very difficult practicing vegetarianism in japan i would imagine is it not it is it is uh yeah i have to make so i'm a flexible vegetarian so it, it's not by <laughs> rule or uh, any uh, such requirement so as much as i can avoid uh, i try to do it but if there is no choice uh, then i have to eat something so that is right. my plan <laughs> okay no that's that's good so you're a, a vegetarian by choice it's not a I like it. Flexible vegetarian. Yeah. I like that choice. Okay. Um, so do you cook a lot I'm good. At, at home? Yes, okay. I do. Uh, I cook almost every day. Okay. What's what's your favorite dish that you that you like to cook? That you end up cooking more often? I mean, yeah. I, I like to cook uh, a lot of different things. So what I found is that cooking... Indian food sometimes takes a lot of time. So I, I tend to, if I need a quick solution, I tend to gravitate towards just making some quick pasta or something like that. But what I really enjoy is uh, just simple pitla bath, Vesnachi chutney with cobra. That's that's my epic combo, which can just never disappoint. Can you make that combo yourself? Yes, I can. Oh, awesome. Cool. And so, but do you, do you make it uh, a lot at in Japan? You do? Okay. Yes, yes. Because you... that, that is also really quick. Uh, Pitla, it's really quick to make. So I really enjoy 
if i just if coming home after work if i still need to cook something then i'll go for something simple <laughs> okay that's cool um do you have like a favorite midnight snack like if you suddenly wake up at 1 o'clock and you're hungry what's what's your go to midnight snack ah yes so i uh, end up snacking a lot of savory stuff more than sweet so i i really enjoy so it's so tikhat kera wafers which are which are long uh, so i don't know how to describe it but say oh, long, you did a good job long tikhat kera wafers that's his job yeah <laughs> it, it's 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 been my favorite snack forever uh, everybody around me knows that this is my favorite snack <laughs> okay good So now the rest of the family now knows it. So expect to have a lot of bags come your ways for sure. <laughs> um so maybe not so much in Japan but when you were you know in Parla growing up what was your favorite cuisine? Yeah, I I love uh, Indian Chinese cuisine probably the most. It's yeah, I think I probably more other than uh maybe close second is uh like Punjabi chicken tikka and butter chicken and all of that stuff yeah. but I, i would still say indian chinese takes the crown indian chinese take the crown okay that's that's good so american chop suey hakka noodles right up your alley yeah. right so, <laughs> okay and the, the good thing is i'm able to make that for myself as well so if i want oh, to cook it and have that experience here i can do it that's that's the best part so what dish can you make can you make american chop suey and hakka noodles both Yeah, I can make uh so I don't make noodles a lot because I've not been able to perfect that but I do a good fried rice and uh like the gravy uh like the typical manchurian gravy I can Shizwan do that sauce uh, right so yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay oh good yeah. now you're making me hungry so <laughs> that's good <laughs> so is there a is there a dish of or what dish of your mom's do you miss the most in Tokyo mm. that's a good one it's uh it's very simple actually it's also one of my uh go to food so my, my mom cooks a lot of different things but this is uh one thing that i like a lot is so very simple dalpe pohe uh, which is actually not tricky to make but somehow i just cannot get the balance right myself whenever at home and when she makes it it's it's almost always perfect <laughs> yeah you cannot go against mom's cooking right no one can duplicate it or replicate it so even yeah. though you may try it so okay dadpe pohe i like dadpe pohe too so i might have to ex- taste your mom's dadpe pohe i'm sure they must be excellent <laughs> yeah. so yeah. um so has so it's a two part question has uh, ankita ever cook for you and have you ever cook for ankita uh ankita for me Mm, maybe not yet actually. Uh, Ankita has not yet cooked for me. In, yeah, maybe not. Okay. But uh, apart apart from maybe in like a potluck uh, where everybody is eating, but no, that doesn't uh, count. She needs to make it specifically for you, right? That's when it counts. It sounds like she hasn't done that yet. So you have not. not you're about to get married to her, and you have no idea whether she's a good cook or not. So that's that's a very interesting decision, I must say. Um, how about the other way around? Have you ever cooked for Ankita? Because you're obviously a good and accomplished cook yourself. But have you ever had a a chance to cook something specifically for her? Yes, yes, I have actually. Uh, 
I'm not sure if you know, but so so she has uh, visited uh, Japan herself once, and that is when I got a chance to cook for her as well. And and with with cooking, uh, since I really enjoy it, uh, yeah, I'm not concerned. Especially when we get married, it it'll be really nice, and I think we'll yeah. work together. You'll figure it out, right? You'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Uh, so then the last question specific to food. Um. You've been in Japan, Tokyo now for a while, right? Is there a specific Japanese dish that you really enjoy and that you really would like to eat when you go out? Oh yeah, uh, it's probably very cliche, but I enjoy the ramen a lot. It's <laughs> uh, it's just really good, especially now it's winter. It's a really good time to have a really hot piping bowl of ramen. You can't beat it. <laughs> Okay, so now again a series of yes/no questions. Um, I'll ask you questions. You answer. These are sometimes could be embarrassing, could be a little eccentric, but the good news is I will not be pulling the thread or expanding. I asked you the question, you answer yes or no, and then we move on. And then the others can come in and ask you for more details. So, okay, all right. So just simple yes or no. That's all I expect. Okay, so. Number one, have you ever faked sick from work? Yes, I have. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? No, I'm not. Have you ever gotten a tattoo? No, I'm not. Okay. Have you ever dyed your hair? Not. No, I have not, but I want to. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, have you ever cheated on a test? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Have you ever gone commando? And commando, for um... those who are listening, don't know. Let me explain what commando means. Commando means going and living your regular life without wearing underwear on that day. So, the question is, have you ever gone commando? I mean. Not for long durations, but the answer is maybe still yes. Yes. Okay. That's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next question: Have you ever made somebody cry? Yes, unfortunately. Okay. Have you ever thrown up on someone? No. Okay. Have you ever written a love letter? Yes. Okay. I mean, have you ever no. received a love letter? Uh, I mean, yes. Uh, okay. Yes, I would say yes. Okay, so you've both written a love letter and received a letter. Yes to both, right? Just wanted to clarify. Okay, good. So I think that's that's ten questions. Uh, we've learned a lot about you, so thank you. I won't pull any of those threads. Um, and now we are almost coming to the end. So one last thing I want to talk to you about before we obviously we do the Burvikas challenges. You know, you had mentioned that, you know, for folks that don't know you, you are a YouTube enthusiast, which we haven't really covered, but I want to cover that a little bit. You mentioned that you enjoy cooking, which we did cover. But you also mentioned that you enjoy or interested in farming, which I was extremely surprised by. So let's talk a little bit about the YouTube and the farming a little bit. So. For those that don't know, um, and you don't know this, but when I introduce this segment, I'll be playing one of your clips 
at the very beginning so by the time they get to this part they would have seen some one one of your clips but just describe to people you know what attracted you to becoming a youtube enthusiast and what you're planning to achieve with that medium so when i was doing my engineering i used to teach 11th and 12th standard kids uh, computer science so there is this subject uh, some students take up so as since i had learned already that part at engineering level i was happy to share that knowledge and uh, with everybody else and i think that is uh, what uh, really uh, kind of sparked that uh, interest in teaching and i think i found that youtube is a great medium to teaching as long as you can reach your audience because it's just available not just at this moment but almost forever that information once you share it's on the web uh till youtube maybe decides to take it down but it will be there till almost the uh, end of time in some sense so and my uh, foray into youtube initially was so when uh, it's so it's, it was more toward uh, geared towards students and uh, especially students who don't really are can't able to figure out what is it that they want to do uh the the idea behind that was so we imagine a profession uh and we have a certain image of a particular profession but we perhaps don't really necessarily know what the day to day of that profession is necessarily like it's not always roses what are the difficult parts and what are the good parts is something i wanted to highlight so i started with like an interview series uh i did with uh initially i started with my brother uh, that was a really good and <laughs> easy option and then uh, i interviewed one of my teachers uh, who i was really inspired from uh, and whom whose teaching i really liked and even at that time uh, i interviewed a farmer uh, who uh, was really coming up uh, they they built their own brand uh, uh, in farming they produced their own stuff and made made, made that into product so at that time i really started to understand some of the more detailed intricacies of farming and what does it really what goes into farming and let's say it takes so much effort to make a particular uh, grain but it does not really sell at that price and then but the products made from those grains sell at real premium so that is an insight i got out of that and so i did not speak of it but so after 3 years in it uh, i transitioned to a completely different vertical uh, in my company in sustainability so what we uh it's a really broad uh definition in terms of scope of work but i'm i'm essentially working like a, a consultant in sustainability domain and i i may have to work on any project being raw materials be it marketing be it uh some other project that the company just needs working on in that area i was exposed a lot to cotton uh to cotton growing what goes into cotton growing uh what what are the challenges in cotton growing and what are the uh challenges that the farmers face uh while growing cotton i mean it's difficult to reinvent farming but you you in, you can do things in a more optimized way because in india what sometimes really happens is i, I i'm certain and i've also visited farms in india and i know that the farmers know what they are doing there is still a lot of scope to optimize operations and that is one way to reduce costs have better product have lesser environmental impact so that is really a space that is really close to my heart being able to grow your own food that that is a, that's for me is like the highest level of uh, achievement there is because 
the food is basically all we really need to sustain ourselves right. in some sense so i really appreciate uh, farming and farmers who grow food for us so that is an area i'm trying to foray into but being in japan it's a little tricky but trying to figure out one step at a time so last section for the podcast now if there is one person whom you would want to see on this show who would that be and what one question would you want me to ask them yeah this is the only part which i could not really figure out <laughs> about myself because i think i have met uh, a few members from the barve family but it, it's still a very limited scope in some sense let me pick uh, shubham is yeah. that is that work absolutely uh, yeah is there a specific question you would want me to ask him there is not really a specific question i, I would like to ask him but uh, yeah uh, maybe if it it may be a bit broad uh, what does he see himself uh, do especially after his uh, engineering not in the sense uh, of just work or masters but how does he see uh, applying this knowledge of uh, that is accumulating or i'm not sure if he's thinking about all of this at yeah. this time but it just just having that broader sense of uh, what does he see himself doing in some sense and i think that's a great question to ask him because to your point he's probably not thinking about it because he's at that age where he shouldn't be thinking about it but now that he's going to be on the show and now that i'm going to ask him the question he'll maybe start to think about it so maybe it'll start that journey for for him as well so i think that's an excellent question to ask him so i will definitely try and get him on and i'll definitely ask him that question so i think we've come to the end of the show now just one last question you know where can people find you on social media obviously you are there on whatsapp pretty soon uh, you will be added to the burway group whether you like it or not so then you will be exposed to a lot of people but outside of whatsapp you know where can people find you obviously you are on youtube right so why don't you give people your channel handle and then tell them where what other social media you can they can find you and what the handle would be uh okay so my youtube channel is just called arshit chabukswar uh i am on uh instagram uh you can find me as just arshit uh, underscore arshit underscore that is me on instagram and on i'm on twitter my handle name on twitter is at selo gripper uh, and you can find me on twitter with that I'm- arshid i can't thank you enough for being on this show i know you know it can be quite daunting when someone you've never heard of suddenly reaches out <laughs> and say hey i want to interview you right so hopefully this has been a fun experience for you i've learned a lot about you I know when this episode drops a lot of my family members are going to know a lot more about you which was the whole point um but I'm sure they'll be reaching out to you as well so thank you again for the for the show very I know you've got your wedding coming up so congratulations and good luck on your wedding thank and you. uh, hope to see you soon yes thank you so much this was great and it was I had this a little bit of sense of uh, nervousness when uh you initially reached out through ankita about okay this this podcast that you want me to be on but this was an amazing experience and thank you so much for making it really comfortable and i was happy to speak about everything that i did and that's a wrap for this episode we learned a lot about young arshit who's enjoying life in tokyo 
and is about to get married to his childhood sweetheart. I'm your host, Amaya Barve. Thank you so much for watching this wedding special. I'm going to leave you with Arshit's all-time favorite song. This is Sway by Michael Bublé. See you all next time. When marimba rhythms start to play Dance with me, make me sway Like a lazy ocean hugs the shore Hold me close, sway me more Like a flower bending in the breeze Bend with me, sway with ease When you dance you have to be with me Stay with me with me Other dancers may be on the floor Dear, but my eyes will see only you Only you have that magic technique When we sway I go weak I can hear the sound of violins Long before it begins Make me thrill as only you know how Other dancers may be on the floor, dear, but my eyes will see only you. Only you have that magic technique. When we sway, I go weak. I can hear the sound of violins long before it begins. Make me thrill as only you know how. Sway me smooth, sway me now. When marimba rhythms start to play, dance with me. Me sway like a lazy ocean that hugs the shore. Hold me close, sway me more. Like a flower bending in the breeze, bend with me, sway with me. When we dance, you have a way with me. Stay with me, sway with me. When to play Hold me close Make me sway Like an ocean Hugs the shore Hold me close Sway me more